We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski uh, coming to you from Northfield, Minnesota. And this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark uh, coming to you from Ascension Lutheran in beautiful South St. Louis. And we are wrestling with, with the basics. The basics. Um, and, and Matt, before we started recording, uh, we were reflecting again on, on uh, uh, dear uh, Jerry Raymond. Uh, my wife Lynn's father passing away, and how he he always was sending us jokes and everything, uh, and and I commented that I appreciated you bringing that up because I I know Jerry just loved doing that, and he he really was tickled when he knew we were were putting the things on on radio, and I'm wondering, do you think maybe Jerry might be listening to Wrestling with Basics even even as we. As speak today. <laughs> he might just be in heaven. Maybe they have rest of the basics streaming all the time. I I don't know. We'll find out when we get there, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So who knows? Who knows? But, uh, and, and again, you know, I, I wonder if people think, what's, that's a sad thing. And it is, it's, it's incredibly sad. I don't know that I've, I haven't been so sad since my, my first wife passed away. Uh, but see, that's the, great thing about being Christians. At the same time, we can be incredibly sad. We can still have this joy. Uh, uh, tell them the club story. Tell them the club story about take, taking, taking your son to the Cubs there before you oh, drop yeah. him off for college. <laughs> yeah. So we, we went and got tickets to the uh, Cardinals and Cubs game. Of course, we're, we're big Cardinals fans here in St. Louis. And so we went to uh, Wrigley Field the evening before we dropped Noah off. And uh, beautiful stadium, I really feel historic, beautiful, and you know parts of it rehabbed, even like the concessions. And uh, about a third of the people there were Cardinals fans, so we were in good company. We weren't the only ones cheering for the Cards, uh, but we lost miserably, John. It, it was, I think, the score was seven to one. It was, it, we just got slaughtered. It was, it was, it was ugly. It really was. Um, but we stayed for the whole game, of course. Uh, but then, you know, the, the worst part was they, they kind of rub salt in your wounds there in Wrigley Field because when the Cubs win, they start playing that song, Go Cubs Go. I don't know. <laughs> some of our listeners might be familiar with it. <laughs> so they, I think it's only if they win. And then they, they just put it on repeat. And so it's over and over again as you're leaving the stadium. So talk about adding insult to injury. We already lost. Now you don't have to rub it in. Uh, but anyway, that's what we had to walk out of Wrigley Field listening to. And, 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 you know, Matt and I were talking, of course, obviously they're not playing Cubs go. Uh, what was it? Cubs do? Go what? Cubs go. Go Cubs go. Yeah. They, they weren't meaning to rub it in into you, but they were just celebrating the fact that they, and, and you know, they probably don't get to do that a lot, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> they like probably don't job. play that song a whole lot there. <laughs> so, you know, don't, don't fault them. It's one time that they get to say, go Cubs go. <laughs> what tickled me is it reminded me of a devotion that I had read 
by uh, Dr. David Skeer from Fort Wayne Seminary. And, and he was pointing out that he thinks that when the end of the world comes, it's kind of be like that for Christians. We're going to be shouting, go Jesus, go. That, you know, he said it's like when, when you've won the championship, everyone pours down from the, the uh, uh, stadium. They run out of the seats and they're just celebrating excited because the victory is theirs. And I thought that was just kind of a cool analogy on Dr. Skira's part. And, and what he said is, he said, the Saints, you know, they're already, they've already left the stadium. They've already left their seats, rather. They're already celebrating. And yeah. we're on the edge of our seats, he says. Yeah. Oh, we're on I the like edge that. of our seats. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was a great image. I'll, I'll help you. Go ahead. I'll help you dump the Gatorade, John. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> Is that right? We're going to come up to Jesus and dump the Gatorade <laughs> on <right>. him. <laughs> and, and so please, for those that are sad, please don't let our, our joking and our laughter. We look around, We and you said they lost miserably. And as Christians, we look around the world, and man, there is misery. There's misery all around us. But there's hope, and there's the, the realization in the end, everything's going to work together for good. And, and as you taught us so beautifully last week, Matt, we know that because it's not dependent upon how rich we are, how powerful we are. Uh, what were the other things you mentioned there? Yeah, how brave um, we are, how smart we are, right? How good we are. Yeah, uh, no, no. It's, not, it's not being enough. It's all, it's all about Jesus. We're going to deal with another text now from the Gospel of Luke. And Matt, this is going to seem like a strange question since this is the one that I prepared. Where? Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> we're in Luke. <laughs> yeah, we're in Luke. Well, I think we're, uh, so we last week we were in Luke 13, and then yeah. you were going to cover something, I think, after that, right, John? Uh, I'd send you notes, Matt. <laughs> well, yeah, I well, I've got... Yeah, okay. I've got Does notes, it... but there's no uh, Luke 13 <laughs> in my notes. I got Romans, I got Isaiah. <laughs> Hopefully I've printed off the right notes. Oh, well, okay. Welcome to Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the Basics. The basics. Oh. <laughs> People know. <laughs> no, well, this uh, is Wrestling with the Basics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we don't even know what we're doing. Well, it was the story. <laughs> it was a story about Jesus having a, 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 a being at a, a being invited at a banquet. Okay. Okay. Uh, so so there's a so, parable of a okay. So uh, healing the man that the uh, on that's the, the one. Okay, that's yes, the so, one. So Luke 14 verse one. Oh, okay. So it's actually right before yours. Or, well, or right somewhere after. around there. Yeah. Right after. Okay. Well, then this works out good. <laughs> oh my goodness, Matt! I tell you what, it's been a day. If the people only knew how many times we've tried to record these episodes, <laughs> they it. would understand why we're a little bit. Uh, slap happy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so my introductory comment uh, was going to be that that I've been preaching at a little town in northern Minnesota oh, called cool. uh, Kilkenny. Kilkenny. A good good group of Irish Lutherans there <laughs> in Kilkenny. It sounds like uh, an Irish name, maybe. Well, it is. And, and, you know, you go a couple miles down the road and there's a St. Patrick's Catholic Church, which that's okay. what you'd expect. Well, yeah. So, but no, in the town of Kilkenny, there is a little Lutheran congregation I've been preaching for. And, and I realized I'd really been blessed uh, because every text I'd had the last few weeks was all about gospel. And it's easy to preach gospel. What, what is the gospel? Matt? Tell our listeners what the gospel is. Sure. Yeah. So the gospel is the, the good news. That's what it literally means, the word gospel, good news. Uh, and that good news centered in Jesus Christ. 
his his perfect life, his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead. And then especially for us as Lutherans, that emphasis that it was all for us, right? All for me. And we receive through faith all the benefits he's earned for us, uh, forgiveness of life and salvation. Yeah, so there it is. The Bible tells us God loves us, that our sins are forgiven, we're going to have eternal life, which is why we can be a little bit goofy sometimes because we know those things are guaranteed us. But unfortunately, in this chapter, the chapter I had to preach on a week ago, it's all law. Oh, uh, boy. And, and tell tell our listeners what the law is all about, Matt. Yeah, yeah. so the law is not a bad thing, right? The law is a good no, thing. No. But the law has a different function than the gospel. Um, the law, well, its chief function is it shows us our sins. Uh, it shows us uh, that we are imperfect. And we think of the Ten Commandments, maybe in particular. We look at our lives in light of those commands, and we see, boy, we have... We have fallen short. We are imperfect. We are sinners, uh, and we need a Savior. Uh, it doesn't show us our Savior, the law, uh, but it shows us our need for a Savior. Uh, the gospel then shows us who that Savior is in Jesus Christ. But, yeah, the law, you know, one of the, the chief functions shows us our sins. So so here's the thing, Matt. And, man, do you, do you realize what you just said in the last two minutes that was that was Lutheran through and through, because uh, a lot it. of people hear the word law, <laughs> and 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 they think, oh, this is what God wants us to do. Which of course it is that I'm not denying that. Sure, uh, but but you know it's that whole Lutheran understanding uh, that uh, the chief purpose of the law is to show us our sins. And I tell you what, in Luke 14, we got three little stories, and it is some of the most powerful law you will find anywhere. Because it takes everything we think is good, and it shows us that it's still sinful. You know the passage, Matt? You remember the passage from Isaiah 64, verse 6? Does that oh, come yeah. to mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sure does, John. Uh, <laughs> but we, all of uh, uh, we are all as an unclean thing, and all of our righteousnesses uh, are as filthy rags. That, we that's all enough. Do... That, that, that's enough. This is the so King our... James version, I think I'm reading. It is. It is the King James. I, I, <laughs> I wonder it did, I'm yeah. tongue-tied. Yeah. But I'd love that. Our righteousnesses, our righteousnesses, <laughs> which even shows yes. up and my my spell corrector wants to change that. What, what is a righteous? But that, yeah, so you take the very best and there's still sin. There's still filthy yeah. rags. And we have yeah. three illustrations of that in Luke 14. If you wouldn't mind reading illustration one, verses one through six, and we'll read the whole little story there. All right, here we okay. go. Okay. One Sabbath, when he went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. And behold, there's a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then Jesus took him and healed him and sent him away. And he said to them, Which of you having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day will not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply to these things. So so Pharisees, and in fact, we got a ruler of the Pharisees. How do they fit into the whole concept of righteousness, Matt? At least yeah. according to their own opinion. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, according to their own opinion, they're, they're pretty righteous, right? More righteous than the average guy, at least. Uh, so the Pharisees, a, a, uh, a Jewish sect, I guess you could call it, religious sect. It was made up of people that, you know, followed different rules and regulations very closely. Uh, they were uh, typically lay people and uh, had confidence 
in in their following of those rules. Some of those rules they even made up themselves. And that's that became their confidence, sadly, was in how well they follow those rules and keep those commands. So so they even made up rules in order to keep the other rules. (laughs) (laughs) Rules upon rules. And and again, in the eyes of the people, they were. They were the righteous people of the day. Uh, And the particular, what's the particular rule we're concerned about here, Matt? So connected to the Sabbath, what, what, what can you do? What can you not do on the Sabbath? And Jesus, you know, can you, can you do something like heal someone of an illness, you know, perform a miracle on the Sabbath day? And it seems as though they, they don't really know the answer to that. And, and, and the thing is, this is actually a legitimate concern because this isn't something they made up. This is not part of the Jewish tradition. It, it is part of the Ten Commandments, actually. In fact, Matt, if, you, if you've got your Bible there, read what, what the Bible in Exodus 20 has to say about the Sabbath day. Okay. Sure. Uh, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. So so here's point number one. We think people who keep the rules are righteous, okay? Mm-hmm. That's what it's mm-hmm. all about. And again, I'm not against keeping the rules. Don't anyone yeah. say I said that. But that's our perspective. If you've kept the rules, then you've done what's good and you're righteous. Jesus is going to show us here that there's something more important than keeping the rules. Because the rule was that you don't do any work on the Sabbath. And that's, of course, why they were watching Jesus, because, you know, he didn't keep that rule. His disciples, they would sometimes even gather grain on a Sabbath so they had something to eat. And Jesus, of course, was well known for healing people, doing that healing work on the Sabbath day. But Jesus points out something interesting. Uh, after, by the way, he heals the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, he ain't going to wait around. He's going to heal him. But he does make an interesting point. What, what's the point he makes for these people in verse 5, these Pharisees? Yeah, so he asks them, you know, directly, which of you having a son or an ox that's fallen to the well on a Sabbath day will not immediately pull him out? You know, if if you had, you know, a, a, a child that needed your help, wouldn't you help him on the Sabbath? Or, you know, if even a piece of your property, like a valuable ox, <laughs> fell in a well, wouldn't you rescue it on a Sabbath day? Yeah, how many of us are going to sit there and say, hey, sorry, kid, it's the Sabbath day. I'll get back to you tomorrow. That's right, I know. And, of course, they wouldn't do that either. That's what he says. You'd do that. You'd immediately pull them out. And and so I think the point Jesus is making is that it's not about rules. It's about about love. That's what the commandments are about. And, And, again, I'm not making this up. Don't, don't believe me, but believe what Jesus says. You got Matthew 22, verses 37 there, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Jesus says, uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the law and the prophets. So, so if you're keeping the rules, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are righteous. Because if you're not keeping the rules out of love, then I hate to tell you, but that that righteousness is just a filthy rag. Yeah. That's what is your motivation then? If you're not keeping it out of love, what is your motivation? Just your own righteousness, you know, to 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 make yourself feel good. And, you know, what is your motivation? And oh, man, see, that that's the thing, Matt. So if you are doing it because you think it makes you good, then that really is a filthy rag, right? Because yeah. God has already said clearly, we cannot be saved by our works. And just and, and everyone who thinks that they are saved by their works, they're they're in big trouble. Um 
let's move to story number two, which is going to be the same thing. We're going to take something that looks so righteous, and yet it really is still tainted by sin. Filthy, filthy rags. How about verses 7 through 11? All right, here we go. Now he told a parable to those who were invited. So he's still there at the house. Uh, when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person. Then you'll begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you're invited to, when you're invited, go and sit in the lowest place. So when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you'll be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So again, when, when we see people in places of honor, we think, well, those must be good, righteous people. Otherwise, they wouldn't have the place of honor, right? Uh, I, I mean, I think about the Olympics. Uh, every four years, we have a, a winter, we have a summer Olympics. And, and it's all about people taking places of honor, right? Sure. Being up on the the, uh, the stand there, the, the bronze and the silver and the gold. And we assume because they're on the stand, well, they must be the good people, right? That's how you get to have that honor because you're good. You're better than anybody else. Um, I should point out, you know, we got people listening all over the world, but uh, we have a team called the St. Louis Cardinals. And it looks like they're going to have the honor of having a playoff spot. Uh, unless things and and we're all excited about the Cardinals being honored, and uh, I might point out, you know, I'm from Kansas City, Missouri, the home of the Kansas City Chiefs, which was the Super Bowl winners' uh, place of honor, although we did get humbled uh, last year, as the parable says, it does happen it does to those happen. who are jolly. <laughs> uh, but but anyway, I, that's what our society is about, right? Being being honored, being promoted, oh, big uh, having time. good grades, yeah. yeah. Exactly. But, but you see, does that necessarily mean that those that are being honored are righteous? No, because we have something called pride, don't we? Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah. and if we're honored, and, and again, it's not a sin to honor people. We ought to honor people. We ought to lift other people up every opportunity we get. But if, on the other hand, we are honored and like these people, right, they were seeking the places of honor because they thought, we deserve this. We belong yeah. here. Ultimately, what's going to happen to them, Matt? They're going to be humbled. Yeah, they're going to be brought low. Yeah, he who exalts himself will be humbled. So, yeah, it, it, it appears to be righteous, but it's still a sinful rag. And by the way, I have to confess real quickly, this whole business of pride, man, that's something I wrestle with. You you and I, we just want to be these simple pastors and just humbly give people the law and the gospel. But I must confess my pride gets wrapped up into this show we're doing, Matt. And and I, I want people to think, oh, man, he's really a good pastor. Man, doesn't he really do a good job of preaching? Um, and I, I, I don't, I, I don't want to feel that way. Like Paul, I, I have to confess that the good I, I want to do, I can't do. But again, see, it seems like a righteous thing, but in our pride, it, it's a thing of filthy rags. And we have one final example then in verse 12 through, uh, 14. Okay, great. So here we go. Uh, verse 12 through 14. Uh, he said also to the man who had invited him. All right. So still at the same party. Uh, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. 
for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. So again, this guy looks like a righteous guy. I mean, think about it. He's invited all these people. He's given them a free meal. And especially, of course, he invited Jesus. And he's given Jesus a free meal. So you can't get more righteous than this guy. But but we have a word for this, Matt. It's called hypocrisy. Because why did that guy, why did this Pharisee, this ruler of the Pharisees, invite Jesus to his banquet? Yeah, well, it seems like, you know, the reason he invited everyone at the banquet, perhaps, is, you know, so he can get uh, repaid, right? You know, some prestige. Um, you, I'll scratch your back, you scratch my back. And maybe Jesus was a, a draw there to have Jesus at the banquet. Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be if you had Jesus at your dinner party? Wouldn't well, everyone yeah. want to come? Yeah. Jesus is coming, yeah, yeah. And and we could even add the fact that we are told that that they're all watching Jesus carefully at uh-huh. the beginning of our text. And and of course Luke earlier tells us the reason they're watching him carefully is because they're looking for a reason to accuse him. Uh, um, so so the point is the guy really looks like he's a righteous fella, good fella. But but I love the word you use, prestige. He's doing it for his own honor. He's doing it because he expects most of these people will then do things in turn for him. And, uh, of course, he certainly isn't doing it because he loves Jesus, but for whatever he can get out of Jesus, maybe even to be able to condemn Jesus. But, you see, boy, this this hits our lives, too, because we do a lot of good things, but we have to ask ourselves, did we do that just purely sacrificially out of love, or did we do it so we look like good people? Did oh, we yeah. do it so people could return the favor? Uh, I had a, a member in adult instruction, and, and we were talking about Christian love, and he said, oh, I know what you're talking about, Pastor. I've got an elderly neighbor, and uh, whenever I go rake my leaves, I'll go over and rake her leaves too. And and I said, well, you know, that's good. You should be kind to elderly neighbors, especially since I'm an elderly neighbor now. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but he said, what what if that gal had said to you, hey, you lazy bum, when are you going to come over and start raking my leaves? <laughs> what would you do? And, and he said, well, I probably turn my back and stomp into my house. So I think we all have to ask ourselves, if, if someone would say to us, uh, I'd rather if someone doesn't show appreciation, yeah. if someone doesn't say thank you for what we do, yes. or, or, or if someone doesn't return the favor, isn't it true there's part of us as well as, says, well, I'm never going to help them again. Oh, yeah. So yeah. so it does make us question our, our righteous deeds. Maybe there's some filthy rags still in there, some sinfulness. Um, and, and that's the law. That's the law, isn't it, Matt? You take all the really good things that we think we're doing, and when we look at our motive and we look at our heart, well, not our heart, maybe, because I think we have a heart that's been cleansed. I do mm-hmm. think we are doing mm-hmm. good works. But by golly, we're still stuck in the same sinful flesh, and we are troubled by selfishness and pride and, and, and the whole ball of wax. That's not a whole, that's not very helpful, is it, Matt? <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah this side of heaven, that's the way it's going to be, though. It's sinner and saint, and that's something we struggle up against. So I hate to do this uh, because we are all about the gospel. Uh, we are all about the fact that Jesus loves sinners, that he came to save the sinners. Uh, but you're going to have to wait till next week to hear the gospel. We're going to go back to these same three stories, which which are obviously really, really powerful law. But we're going to go back and show you that these three stories are actually really, really powerful gospel. And when you look at these stories and you don't see them just being about us, 
They are about us and our sins. And that's a given. That's a given, Matt. Thank you for emphasizing that throughout the whole show. We, we, we are just sinful people. There's no getting around it. But when you go back and look at these three stories and think about Jesus, you realize that actually there's some really profound gospel in uh, uh, these uh, three stories, chief of which is the phrase that I really love, friend, come up higher. Mm. And uh, we'll talk about how that applies to you and me and all of our listeners uh, when we come back uh, next week. Any final comments, Matt? No, thanks, John. I, that's going to be uh, that's going to be good. I can't wait to do that. And you know, just thankful you're able to keep on preaching too uh, there in Minnesota. That's that's great. Thanks for sharing that with us on, on Wrestling with the Basics. This has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the Basics. The basics.